Good evening, everyone. We're going to return from uh, our closed session. Thank you all for being here. It's quite the packed house. Um, we do have some announcements from closed session. We hired a couple of people. Uh, the first one, Catherine Kittle, Executive Coordinator to the Superintendent, President, and Board of Trustees. And the... And the second person, Lisa Gibbs, who will be the interim director for the Up Valley Campus. I don't know if she's... And those were by unanimous decision. Okay, so 5.2, Pledge of Allegiance. Michael, would you lead us, please? Thank you, Michael. 5.3, Adoption of the Agenda. Changes. 11.2 is being pulled off of the agenda. Okay. No other changes. With that change, all in favor of adopting the agenda. Are we doing electronic? Aye. Oh. Well then. Hearing no objection to the adoption with that change, the agenda is adopted by consensus. Okay. Uh, we are down to item number six, recognition information items. With uh, the rest of the board's permission, if we could just take a few speakers kind of out of order, although they're speaking to these items. We have a number of students in the audience that, because of schedules and classes and such, if we could uh, let them come up and speak to these items right now, I think that would be very helpful to them. Um, I am going to ask, I guess, the whole group to kind of line up at the podium, and if you could please limit your comments to three minutes. We've got a lot of you. So I'm going to call the names that I've got on the cards here. Ismael Cantera, Isabel, or Isabel Gray. Oswaldo Badilla, Carlos Perez, Julian Angel, Joseph Martinez. And before you start speaking, could you just tell us your name? Yes, of course. <clears throat> Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Ismael Contero, and uh, this is my third year uh, here at the Napa Valley College. Today, I would like to address my experience with the communication with the college during the fires and uh, the first day back to classes after uh, the two weeks off. First of all, I know communication was difficult due to bad cell phone and internet service here at the college. But I would like to thank the college for the fast updates through email and social media. Also, the information through those emails and social media posts were really helpful because it answered all, all of my questions, so thank you. I would next like to address my experience on my first day back to class. Going into the first day back, I was still a, a bit shaky throughout the whole fire experience, uh, but my professors made it 100 times better. 
I would like to thank my professors for giving us students a warm, a warm welcome back. They were really concerned with our safety, so I really appreciate that. And academically, thank you for starting the week slow, because personally, it gave me time to reconstruct my brain after this massive tragedy. Many of us, many of us students were impacted uh, really bad, so uh, once again, thank you. Uh, for all of you. Thank you. Thank you. John Wooden once said, being a role model is the most powerful form of educating. I came here today to give a speech talking, thanking all of you for your efforts to not only help the evacuees during the Northern California fires, but also for continuing to help anyone who was hurt during the time of the fire. Ever since the Atlas Fire began to grow, Napa Valley College has had a huge part in helping this community, and I believe that nothing is more precious than helping others. In the first part of my speech, I will give a description of my own perspective of what I saw during the two weeks that classes were canceled. Then I will give an evaluation and explain the gracious efforts I saw from Napa Valley College staff and volunteers to help all of the people who were in need during such a devastating time. On October 8th, I went to sleep clueless of what was happening. I didn't hear about the fire until Monday morning when I woke up and ran to school for my 8 a.m. class. When I got to campus, there was a man waiting outside of the parking lot who told me that classes were canceled due to the fire. At this point, I was both scared and confused, so I went home and turned to social media for an explanation. Turns out, I have a friend who works on Atlix Peak Road who had posted a video of the fire Sunday, mor Sunday night. I quickly realized what I thought was fog surrounding my house and filling American Canyon was not fog at all, but it was a thick cloud of smoke. I received email after email from Dr. Ron Kraft keeping me updated about the school's efforts to help evacuees and when to expect my classes to resume. Although my house was not harmed during these two weeks, I was living in fear. On one particular day, I was watching the news and saw that the town that my mom worked in was being burned by the fire. And we were not sure of the damages, so I quickly called my mom, and thankfully she answered the phone and told me that her building had just been safely evacuated. Now that I have shared my personal experience, I will give you my evaluation of what I saw from Napa Valley College. On the morning of October 9th, I checked my email and saw a message from Dr. Kraft saying that classes were canceled for the day, but later received more emails explaining that classes would be canceled for the week. One week turned into two, and although I was nervous about missing so much school, I was proud that, I could, that my college was not closing its campus in fear of the fire, but opening it to the refugees and evacuees who had nowhere else to go. I was pleased to learn that Napa Valley College was a safe place for anyone who, for anyone who needed help during this time and even took in animals who were displaced along with their families. I attended a student meeting the week that classes resumed and learned that there were so many donations being made that the school had to stop accepting them because they had piles of supplies brought forth by the people of this community. I also learned that some volunteers showed up in superhero costumes to comfort the children who were too young to understand what was happening. During the meeting, I witnessed the student board coming forth 
with their best ideas and brainstorming for hours on how to make the students feel welcomed and safe. I have seen teachers also sharing their compassion with the students, and I wanted to say that I appreciate the overall effort from everyone at Napa Valley College to help us students through this hard times. When the fire broke out, it was a scary time for everyone, but the staff and community worked together to help in such big ways, I couldn't be more proud of the school I go to. Ever since the first day that Atlas Fire began to grow, Napa Valley College has had a huge part in helping this community, and I believe that nothing is more precious than helping others. Thank you all for your time and attention, and have a great night. If there was a natural disaster, what three things would you take with you? It's a pretty hard question to answer immediately, don't you think? This was a question that was asked by my professor of my public speaking class, Anna Patero. As many of you know, we were hit by major wildfires that affected many people living in this uh, wine country. And according to CAL FIRE, over 100,000 acres were burned down, and in those acres, um, houses were lost as well. Thanking Napa Valley College for housing these affected uh, by the fires is the least that I could do. Many people did not have places to go, and families that had to move in with relatives and people had to live in their cars. An article on CNN with the headline titled, Northern California Wine Country Needs You to Visit. Wine is a really big industry, as you guys may know, um, and this is what we depend on. We depend on the tourism to elevate our economy um, when they're tasting our wines or booking our hotels or eating at our restaurants. With this all in mind, I want to use this speech to thank Napa Valley College for opening their doors and being such helpful people to the fire victims and the evacuees. People from all over the wine country were evacuated, and I want to address that in the early morning of a certain day in October, uh, Calistoga was given a mandatory evacuation orders and According to the Napa Valley Register, 688 persons that came out of Calistoga, they were directed to the Napa Valley College gym because we were there for them. By having Napa Valley College close campus and counseling classes, days of instruction were lost, but those two weeks that we had off really did pay off to those that were affected. Thank you, Napa Valley College, for having donation drives for those that lost their homes and all their belongings. Thank you, Napa Valley College, for housing many evacuees and those that were affected. Having a facility open to the public gives us that assurance that we have a safe place to go and stay. In the past few minutes, I have talked about the housing of our evacuees and the thanking of our community college. Many families, men and women, had literally nowhere to go, but that was when MVC was there to support and have a safe place to stay. We never really think about what three things we would take with us during these times. But what we do know is that MVC is there for us and has got our backs. Thank you. Before you begin, could you give us your name, please? Hello, my name is Carlos Perez. <clears throat> We've all been through rough times and situations where we have fell down but yet have recovered from. The background behind this was from our devastating Atlas wildfire. During this time of this tragic event, many communities brought together, helping everyone 
helping one another, offering emotional support to those who were being majorly affected by this fire. Most importantly, during a, during a time like this, we had our hardworking firemen who spent day and night fighting for the fire <coughs> to keep us safe. I am here today to give a brief description of the wildfire and thanking all of our firefighters as well as my personal evaluation towards it. A lot of towns were affected by this wildfire. Houses were burned down, crops were ashed, and a few were caught in, a few were caught in the fire. People were being evacuated from their homes, not only from Napa County areas, but other places such as Calistoga, Santa Rosa, and Sonoma. People were keeping those being affected in their prayers in hope of their well-being. Public places such as schools were being closed down to keep children safe in their homes. There were areas where it was recommended for people to avoid being outside due to the smoke and were, wear, were asked to wear a mask as protection. Napa Valley College was a place for refugees that was welcoming those who have evacuated from their homes. Another place of a shelter was the water, water complex in Fairfield. Houses were being burglarized during this evacuation. Every morning for almost two weeks, waking up to a gray, ashy sky on top of cars, ash on top of cars, people worrying about what will happen was the worst. Law enforcement were doing the best they can to help evacuate people, and firefighters were doing the best to break down the fires, such as no food in their stomach, no break, just doing the best they could. Now that I have given you a description of the Atlas wildfire, I would like to focus on my evaluations. When I first heard about this incident, I was speechless. I felt like everything was coming to an end. I was glad to hear that Napa Valley and everyone in the community were doing the best they could to help out people that were affected by this fire. Firemen would work day and night nonstop to keep the fire from spreading. Firefighters from different areas came to support, and I cannot be more thankful than that. To all the firemen that put their time and heart, we appreciate you guys so much. Because without them, who knows what would have happened. And without them, I probably wouldn't be standing right here talking to you guys. So I say thank you. Thank you for all your hard work. So much was accomplished, and it's time for us to recover. And so will they. In the past few minutes, I have gave you a brief description and my personal evaluation of the Atlas Fire and our hard-working firemen. I believe if we all work together and stay positive, and have hope we'll be ready for our next situation. Thank you. My name is Joanne Angel. When it comes to safety, what do you think of and who do you look forward to in times of danger? Most would say police, military, or maybe even the government, as I would too at times. When it comes to the safety of our students in our school, I look towards people just like you guys. 
I'm not here to give a speech of what needs to be done on my campus or what I think I sh what what things should be changed. I'm only here to let you guys know I appreciate appreciate what you guys have done in order to keep staff and students safe, especially in, in our most recent wildfires. I live in Fairfield, but I'm a Napa Valley student who came today wanting to speak to the people that stuck with me by my side through this devastation. The wildfires caused in Northern California were unfortunate knowing many people lost some of, some of their own lives, houses, and many, many other important things. But I also because people just of you could have, could have lost things also. Today I will be talking about the importance of you guys and how great of a job you guys have performed by not just listening to our concerns, but also taking care of students, including myself, and sharing my personal evaluation of it. Days prior to the wildfires, the National Weather Service issued a red flag warning for winds ranging from 25 to 35 miles per hour winds. The wildfires were a devastating event that occurred in Northern California that broke out throughout Napa, Sonoma, and Santa Rosa, and Solano, where many of our homes were. There were people were heavily affected throughout the month of October, and this led to a red flag warning. These fires included the Tubbs Fire and Atlas Fire that mostly affected us. The fires were one of the biggest fires in uh, California. Around 310,000 people lost their electricity and 42,000 people lost gas service, while 43 people lost their lives. The wildfire smoke spread around 100 miles around the Bay Area, leaving poor air quality for us. Now that I have given you some facts about this fire, I will now give you my personal evaluation of it. I personally want to give my condolences to anyone here that has lost any, anything or lost um, family members that were lost during the fires. I know it was a hard time that we were all going through or maybe we were all still experiencing. It was still, and the feeling of hopelessness and scared could be overwhelming. At the end of the day, we have each other though. We have each other to rely on and to pull for support. Many people that went through devastations like this sometimes have nowhere there or have no one there for them or support even another chance of living a decent life. The fact that everyone here was probably going through their own problems and situations and still had time to look over others such as me and my other colleagues here was truly inspiring. Thank you for taking the time to open your campus, both Solano and Napa, and others for people that lost almost everything or maybe everything and gave them food, clothing, and necessities just to stay alive. Thank you for taking the time to notify students from Napa Valley and keeping us safe and as much as you guys could and notifying us what was happening with our school, but also looking out for our personal lives. And thank you, for the, um, thank you also for the people that came out to the campus that helped here. And lastly, thank you for all the staff and teachers here on campus. Us students wouldn't be able to do our jobs and learn because one day we'll be in your guys' positions and... We will one day we'll be in your guys' positions, and we'll not have to. We'll, we will have to know how to deal with these situations also. Today, I spoke with you about the devastation of our wildfires in Northern California and the importance of you, the people such as you, on a daily basis, taking care of their students. As a student in Napa Valley, I feel very safe and protected, knowing that I can learn in a safety environment, as I should, as should as every student should feel. Because one day we will be the ones in your position. Thank you again for everything. You guys are the true heroes. Uh, and now to shift the spotlight over from the wildfires over to campus food. 
my name is Joseph Martinez. I'm a student here in Napa Valley College, and like many other students, I purchase food on campus. I have noticed a gradual evolution of new and healthier options over the past few semesters, alongside different name brand products, lower sugar options, and, ca and the cafe and taco truck are a nice addition. I feel that our school cares about its students and provides a diverse variety of food choices from the, for them to choose for, from. And I myself and other students highly appreciate the positive changes and encourage uh, more. I'd like to present and possibly encourage several ideas for you to brainstorm upon that I feel that would bring more emphasis on health to the overall campus. Many students like myself consider natural, healthy options when grabbing a snack, and I think incorporating more fresh fruits and vegetables would be a wonderful addition to the campus. I think a cool idea would be if the NBC Cafe collaborated with a local farm to sell juice and and sorry, sell juice and to add more general, like new menu, fresh menu options to the cafe. Another light suggestion would be to cut down on the candy in the student store. I feel that there is a ratio uh, problem, putting more emphasis on salty, snacky, and uh, sugar in general. I know the student store is supposed to be a grab-and-go type of shop, but maybe there's more natural, healthier substitutions that aren't filled with preservatives and those nasty artificial flavors. I believe we all are aware of the importance of healthy diet and nutritional benefits it supplies to a busy student life. Again, I appreciate the changes made over the past few years, and I hope to see more in the future. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you very much. It was great to have you here and speak to the board. Moving on to uh, recognition item 6.1, newly tenured faculty. It's with a great sense of, of pride that the board celebrates and thanks several faculty members tonight. As we mark their tenure promotion, we are truly fortunate to have such an incredible, talented group of people working here at Napa Valley College and representing us throughout the community. And with that, I will call on Eric and Amanda. Good evening, Board of Trustees and assembled members of the community. And um, it's wonderful to see so many people here tonight. Uh, this is such an incredible honor for me to provide this recognition to the four faculty that we're going to be talking about here tonight um, and honoring. Um, as somebody that went through this many years ago and actually the person who helped introduce me at that board meeting in 2006 is sitting here in this room right now, I remember how incredible it was to get to that point and to get that recognition of finally being tenured. It was something that I had sought after for a long time, and it was an incredible feeling to get there. And I want to congratulate all of you, and I am absolutely honored to serve you in the position that I currently hold here at the college. So I want to start off tonight by providing a little bit of information um, about these faculty members. So I'll start off with Elizabeth Lara Madrano. Can you raise your hand? <laughs> So a little bit about her background. 
Uh, she was hired by Napa Valley College as a full-time tenure-track counselor and faculty in August of 2013. She is a graduate of Napa Valley College, where she received an, uh, her AA in Natural Science and Mathematics. And by the way, you're going to see a theme here in some of this tonight. Uh, she also received her BA in Sociology from University of California at Davis and a Master's in Counseling from St. Mary's College of California. Uh, she teaches college discovery career and life planning and career decision-making courses here for the college, in addition to her counseling load. She has served as a STEM counselor, and that's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics counselor, and an interim career center counselor and coordinator here at Napa Valley College. Good evening. I'm, I'm, my job here is to speak to the contributions these individuals have made to the Academic Senate as Senate President. And in the case of Elizabeth, um, Elizabeth has had the, I don't know, is it dubious honor of having served on the Curriculum Committee over several years, as well as budget and planning. So I don't know who you made mad. It wasn't me. <laughs> But that's a pretty uh, heady group of committees to have worked on. And we, the Senate thanks you very much for your service, Elizabeth. Next, we want to honor Jeanette McClendon, Professor of Counseling. <laughs> Jeanette was also hired in August of 2013 um, as a full-time tenure-track counselor and faculty member. She received her B.S. in Business Management from San Jose State University and an M.S. <laughs> go Spartans! <laughs> and, and an M.S. in Counseling from San Diego State University. Jeanette teaches college success and career and life planning courses and has previous experience with counseling career technical education students in particular. She's also uh, in, served as in the role of the Umoja coordinator since 2015. So um, I have worked directly with Jeanette in a number of ways. Uh, namely, uh, so in her service as a member of what we previously called faculty standards and practices, Jeanette played a very important role in um, these equivalency teams that meet monthly, sometimes more often. This is part of what is enshrined in the 10 plus 1, in which we as faculty determine who other faculty, um, whose, let's say, their uh, CVs or their resumes don't quite gel with what the state sets up as the standard for teaching a certain discipline. Every local college has some kind of equivalency process. Jeanette has served in that process, and then she and I worked. I was on the other side of the table, but <laughs> it was all, and she did an extremely good job. I would also say that in on occasions, Jeanette and I have had uh, conversations, and I have found her to be an exceedingly um, engaged and very honest person, and I appreciate that about her. So thank you, Jeanette. The next faculty member that we will honor tonight is Gary Stroman, Professor of Digital Design and Graphics Technology. 
Now, Gary was not able to be here with us tonight, so we will talk about him in his absence. We'll say good things about him in his absence, though, I promise. Uh, Gary was hired by Napa Valley College as a full-time tenure-track faculty also in August of 2013. He is a graduate of Napa Valley College, where he received his AS in drafting. He moved on to receive his bachelor's degree in computer and video imaging with a concentration in 3D modeling from Cogswell Polytechnical Institute. Gary has extensive experience in the digital design and 3D imaging industries, and this is such an important part of our faculty that teach in our career technical education programs, that in addition to the educational background, they also have the practical background and the work experience that they bring to their students. Gary began his career at Napa Valley College in 2004 as an instructional assistant and was hired as an adjunct instructor in DDGT in 2008. He has served as the DDGT program coordinator since 2013. So currently, Gary is serving the Academic Senate in his role on the Planning and Budget Joint Committee. And in the past, uh, I remember working with Gary when I was in my role as curriculum chair, now a few years back, and he was brand new and uh, had some curriculum that needed revising, and I met with him in his, uh, in his office, and he, though I could tell, was feeling slightly overwhelmed by both the just the, the project in front of him, and I think Curriculum might have been brand new at that point, and so, you know, enough said. Um, in any case, uh, he, he gamely uh, took it on, and I sort of walked him through and uh, oriented him to Curriculum as best I could, and then in, uh, to thank him for that, uh, we put him on the curriculum committee, So I, for which he may never forgive me. But in any case, he has been... Um, he has been somebody who has been willing to step up, and for that, uh, I see Gary has been a very valuable uh, member of the Senate. So finally tonight, um, also I would like to introduce another person who was not able to be here with us tonight, and she does send her regrets on that. Dr. Iris Jamal Dunkel, Professor of English. Iris was first hired by Napa Valley College as a full-time tenure-track faculty in January of 2012. She received a BA in English from the George Washington University, an MFA, a Master of Fine Arts degree, in Poetry from the New York University, and a PhD in English from Case Western Reserve University. Iris teaches developmental writing and reading, creative writing, introduction to literature, Composition in traditional and composition in traditional and online environments. She has served in leadership roles for the Writing Success Center, the Jessamine West Writing Contest, and for the Napa Valley Writers Conference. Iris is also a published author and has published several books, essays, and poems, and was honored as the 2016-2017 Poet Laureate of Sonoma. So Iris has served in a number of capacities for the Senate. The one I might um, sort of focus on is one that I worked with her directly. And it, well, it was around the Writing Center, what we then called the Writing Center, one of our success centers here on campus. And um, 
I would speak to Iris's uh, extraordinary energy and and enthusiasm for implementing new ideas, new strategies to help our students um, kind of navigate their way through writing a, a good paragraph, uh, an effective essay. And it, I will, I can still remember sitting on a particular hiring committee with her, and she just was absolutely just un. And it, unstoppable. She really did want to find the best staff to serve our students in that very, very important capacity here at the college. Now, um, I understand that uh, the president had requested if she'd be willing, that is, Iris would be willing, um, to offer a poem. And because she was not able to join us tonight, she... I have the distinct pleasure of being able to read a poem of hers, and it is has been uh, she wrote it recently in the wake of the fires. So this is Irish, excuse me, no Iris Jamal Dunkel's poem Sonoma Strong. Days after the great 1906 earthquake. Jack and Charmian London rode their horses from Glen Ellen into Santa Rosa to visit Burke Sanitarium, looking for the salve of utopia. Tent cabins set up on a hillside next to rock-bedded creeks, wind whispering through fragrant bay leaves. What they found then was what we see now. On the surface, blackened hills a city that still smolders at its foundations. Charred houses lean against the smoke-choked sky. Flames eat at what is left. Fear seeds. And though the lumber was scarce and still sticky with sap, and though there were too few strong arms to wield hammers, everything that was lost a century ago was rebuilt. You see, in this city, again and again, kindness pushes up from the parched soil like a good crop. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you. And on to uh, 6.2, fire response, recovery, and recognition. And before I turn this over to Dr. Kraft, I'd just like to express the board's gratitude for all the efforts, advocacy, and volunteerism and dedication that President Kraft and all the administrators, the faculty, staff, and students, uh, and uh, the volunteers that advocate, that help make the Napa Valley College a trusted and valued partner in the community. There was also uh, some of the board members that... uh, took time and helped out and were present at the uh, shelter. So I'd like to thank them also for their activities and their efforts and support of not just the college but the entire community. So thank you to all of you. Dr. Kraft? Thank you. Um, We um, have quite a story to tell, and Ken Arnold is going to help lead this. We thought we would take the first three or four minutes here to review a PowerPoint, it's more of a video, 
that kind of captures some of the sheltering activities and then have asked Ken to kind of talk us through the, the process.
orange. Thank you. Um, Ken is going to kind of uh, do a, uh, a few minutes here in terms of talking through for the board and the, the community um, some of the, the actual details of it, and then I'll have a few other comments. The last slide up there was it said thank you to the volunteers, and, and that really, if I can say anything at all, the, the reason this was successful is because the Napa community is – I mean, we had 2,000 people who put their lives on hold, and they showed up, and they came out, and they volunteered. You had uh, the college staff, many of whom were evacuees, who were fully engaged in serving other people, even though their homes were under threat at the time. You had a uh, the, that that in Napa County, because we still sort of operate on a on a personal basis where we know people. The uh, the you know the phone calls are in the middle of the night to me to the OES director saying can I need your help? I to give me twenty minutes and 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 we're out here and we're operating to people that I know from other <clears throat> that we've trained at the college is trained through our community emergency response training that we do out here we do a lot of training for staff who are filling key positions and it, it was gratifying. And where that really became gratifying is that the, a lot of the people who were not from Napa County, the American Red Cross, would remark all the time how this was unusual, that this is not the normal uh, way that things get done. And so the, the community, and there's a lot of people who, who deserve uh, recognition. Um, how, that, how it all unfolds was, was sort of entertaining. I, uh, for me, and I'll just give you sort of the... I had just gotten back from Las Vegas. Uh, I had spent a week down in Las Vegas helping down there with the response to the um, shooting. And uh, I was tired, and I had gone to bed, and there was wind blowing, but I didn't have any idea that anything was going on. So this is, you know, Sunday night. Monday morning, my phone, sometime early in the morning, my phone is making noise and carrying on, and it's Trusty Iverson who's trying to, to uh, get me, and I'm sure I was completely incoherent on the first call because I'm really at this point completely disoriented. I have no idea what's going on. And um, that uh, clearly something was up. So I reached out to Napa County, and at that point they said they were in fear that the main shelter was going to be overrun and could the college become a backup shelter. The uh, so I said, give me twenty minutes. You know, throw the water on your face. Put you know, find try to find the right shoes and, and clothing in the middle of the night, and, and away we go. I arrive on campus and I find displaced staff. 
We have a couple of coaches, displaced staff. I find Eric running around. In, uh, and these are all staff who have been displaced. We're turning on lights, and the first volunteers show up. There's 10 horse trailers out in the, in the college parking lot, and about the first 60 people show up, even before it's announced that we're going to be a shelter. So we're, again, our folks stepped right in. They're doing stuff they've never been trained. They're welcoming people. We're finding uh, places to put folks in. We had one man who came in. He was delivered by Highway Patrol. He had a T-shirt and boxers. That's all he owned. Everything else were gone. He'd lost everything. So immediately Jerry, one of our uh, our athletic director, grabs him, runs him downstairs, gets him in clothing, and we're calling for resources. I had counselors who showed up right around the early morning. So our counseling folks showed up. They're doing uh, mental, you know, sort of uh, checking in and, and doing mental health. And so for the first critical hours, the college was really on its own. We were calling for help, um, but there was the help was trying to get here. And everything was very fluid. This is all Monday morning. And we get, by about midday, Red Cross shows up, and we start getting them leverage. We're getting cots, uh, and we're getting more resources. Things are starting to do okay. Again, the county or the, the citizens of Napa, food just shows up. We didn't even order food. One of the chefs in town Monday morning shows up, food. Great. So we're feeding our folks, and uh, and that just sort of continued. So by the end of Monday, Things are pretty good. We've got Red Cross on scene now. We've got uh, cots, and I had students show up, and uh, the students were in here setting up cots and getting us ready, and so it was really uh, a lot of people doing a lot of really good work. The interesting thing is nobody complained. These are all displaced persons many times. These are students who were going to come to class and then realized it was canceled, so they just hung out and helped. And, again, that speaks to the community event. We're about 85 people by Monday, the end of Monday and going into Monday night, Tuesday night, uh, Tuesday morning. Things are fairly stable. And as we roll into what is now Tuesday night, Wednesday morning is when uh, the decision is made to do a precautionary evacuation at Calistoga. So the county calls us. We get ready. We're expecting some folks. Um, and... Uh, we go from 85 people to 780 in an hour and a half. And uh, it got pretty entertaining. Uh, <laughs> we, we were doing everything we could. We were finding space and opening the, 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 the amount of animals we had in the, in the animal shelter swelled. Um, but we, we were accommodating everybody, and we were finding places and keeping them warm and we were trying to deal with medically frail uh, people who were here, along with uh, you know the just the sheer volume of people, and uh, so it it uh, yeah it was entertaining, and uh, but it worked. I mean, and uh, we managed to accommodate everybody, and we got continued to get resources, and everybody continued to pull together. Uh, donations kept coming in. Uh, we were at one point we are we were the donation center for the county. We also had the um, uh, and and uh, we ended up with basically 209 pallets of stuff. You saw the the pictures. We were uh, it was uh, crazy. 
that and then we reached sort of a state that I won't, I won't call it chaotic. We got to a point where it was people are stressed, and uh, but we're managing it. And then we started to develop routines where we were having briefings. Uh, Diana and and the child develop the early childhood folks stepped in, and we're, so now we're doing child care. We're doing movies. We have the cosplay characters coming out for the kids. We have uh, we have people volunteering the the food folks. Salvation Army just managed the generosity of the community that, and so we're feeding everyone. And actually, we we started having gelatos in the afternoon and gourmet coffee. We had people leave the other shelters and come out to us because we we had better stuff. And um, so, yeah, you know, we 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 had better things going. And uh, so that, and then, and, and things, you know, were working pretty well. We were doing medical care right on site. Um, Kaiser Permanente jumped in and just absolutely was a rock star for us. And we were doing uh, health care right on the spot. We did, uh, we did uh, basically just how are you doing in, first, in psychological first aid. That started day one with, again, our counselors and, uh, and just continued. So we were trying to see to everybody's needs. At the same time, we've got a college to run, so we're having uh, our every day. We have a meeting, and we talk about college business and messaging and making the decision. and And I have to give uh, uh, Dr. Kraft and all of the VPs credit. They they never got really in my way, and and just allowed me to the, the latitude to make decisions in cooperation with the county and with the district. Um, but uh, that that. That's one of the reasons we were able to do things. I didn't have to run everything all the way back up to them. They were working with the college. I was doing the shelter. All of us doing that, moving forward to, to take care of people. That goes up until about, so we, we're doing pretty good. We've got a pretty steady population, about 780 people. We have about 500 in the shelter, 250 out in the parking lots. We got people who have stuff in their car and they don't want to leave it, so we developed a comfort wagon. And again, some of our student volunteers, um, we would load up a, a green wagon with water and blankets and food, and we'd go out to them. So we were, which was novel because no one had actually ever had run outreach into the parking lot. That was a new one for us. We sort of, I guess, created that, and uh, we being the collective we, so uh, we created that as as a thing we did. Um, so there were a lot of things like that. That'll all be in an after-action report that'll be available at at, at um, some point. I, you know, I'm, we're working on that right now because we want to capture the things that really worked good and uh, things that we can improve. There was there was a lot of, of things that went well, and it hasn't really ended because the other thing I want to say is that as the shelter shut down, we sent everybody home. What we did is we we did care packages. So that was what we did with a lot of donations. Is we had people make up care boxes. And as they left, we gave people, here's a box, here's a couple of cases of water, maybe three, um, you know, because we had a lot of water. Um, and so here, you know, and, and we sent stuff home with folks. And so a lot of folks who were either completely burned out or, or had their life disrupted, we were able to give them uh, supplies. At the height of the operation, we're running three shelters simultaneously. That is nearly unheard of. That is just not done normally. But we didn't have a choice. We did it. We were running an animal shelter, an emergency volunteer center, and a donation center all simultaneously. So it was uh, it was quite an operation. There was a, a lot of moving parts going on in a lot of community support and a lot of support 
from from uh, the the college family. The college has a lot to be proud of. That we have a lot of staff that did just really outstanding work. The the athletic department were rock stars. They they ju- they showed they'd been evacuated. They show up in the middle of the night and they never stopped. And uh, they they were great. Uh, again, the facilities folks they were stepping in. My officers were on twelve on twelve off. We they literally got no time off over an eight hour. They got they were on twelve hours. Got went home, came back. They did twelve hours, and uh, nobody complained. And, and that was remarkable as well. We continue to support the community. We have the you know even today we have the state farm is up in our overflow parking lot as their catastrophic center. We just, uh, Matt and I just met with the Corps of Engineers. We're going to be helping to run the, we're going to be headquartering the debris removal folks for Napa County are going to be out, out of the library as well. So even though we're not sheltering people, the college is continuing to support the uh, recovery of Napa. And I wanted to say, to, I don't think students are here, but they wanted to know what were the three things you should uh, take with you. I actually did a class on that. I've <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, I've been doing a go bag class, which is based upon the experiences we got at the shelter. So we've already turned it into training that uh, that we've been doing out of the co- you know through the college, which is which is typical. I, I'd like to thank Ken publicly, and I've taken several opportunities, but and he alluded to it. Um, there's a there's a the strength and um, ability as a college president, and then the strength and ability as a command incident commander. Right. And we were very clear on that. So Ken took it from the very first moment, met, we conversed, met as a team, and it was it was seamless. Thank you, Ken, so much. That standing ovation was, was as much for you as it was for the good work that our volunteers and Napa Valley College do. I appreciate that. It's, uh, it was really up to everybody else. I just manage the uh just manage the chaos <laughs> i don't think that's true and if, yeah. I, and if i may i i'm just gonna back when i first started on the board mm-hmm. and during my day of orientation i sat down with you and you reviewed your um emergency yeah, booklet, the emergency, yep. and i told you at the time i have never seen a booklet that was that well put together mm-hmm. so it doesn't surprise me at all that you did such a great job, and I know the college is very lucky to have you, and so is our community. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I just want to say, and I was ready, getting ready to say that, yes, we, we have a lot to be proud of, uh, but I w- wanted to make sure that we explicitly acknowledge that you were one of those things. So I was very happy to see everyone stand up and and, and uh, acknowledge all the hard work uh, and your skill and everything that you put into the efforts uh, uh, in leading everybody here at the college with the relief efforts and the, the shelters. So again, from the, yeah. the board, thank you to you and everyone else. And the way that you diffused that snowball and the way you worked it and you were able to organize all those Nonprofits and and the food and the donations and 
And you handled the emergency that prompted the urgency very, very well. It, and like you said, it's it's never done anywhere. And like the volunteer from the Red Cross said, um, unheard of. You made history. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's I've never seen you blush, that. ever. I know. I, uh, I'm much happier to be in the background yes, normally. Yeah. Thank you so much. And my crazy call from you Sunday in the height of all of it, I'm out off of Hagen, and it just, it was chaos, and I was so grateful that, yeah. you know, you got back to me, and this is just such a true sense of the community, and I'm so proud of the college and just our community as a whole. I think the college really stepped up, and I think this reflects well yeah. in the community, and I'm personally grateful to you and Dr. Kraft and everything that we did. I had a newborn baby that I was ushering out of the house with my wife and 93-year-old great aunt, and all I was thinking about is the fires coming towards us. I had been talking to my supervisor at the time, and he was in Silverado. The fire had already gotten there, and it just I've never felt that kind of just if it's fear, you just go into action. It's like, where's everyone going? Because it was my my neighborhood was vacant. I mean, people were leaving before they got the mandatory evacuation. So I'm just so grateful to the college that we were a place for everyone to, to be. So yeah, thank it you. it was a. I, I I can appreciate how terrifying that is. That's actually one of the reasons we started with people, our counselors. I love them. They just showed up, and we we knew that that was going to be a component right off the bat. And uh, again, uh, there were so many of our staff jumping in there, and 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 it, to speak to that, it's the community all the way from everywhere. I mean, the unsolicited food donations, the 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 food trucks, the the uh, the cosplay, the character, the the Kaiser, everyone. It just, you know, again, it was remarkable as a community, and we and as a collectively as a community, we should be very proud of all that. I mean, it, it really was remarkable. Thank you so much. So, on to item six point three: community recognition festival, Napa Valley, Dr. Kraft. I didn't want this to get lost, um, and it's in a, a very quick nod to a, a few things. There were um, several things that happened in September, October that we weren't able to um, acknowledge at the October meeting since that was canceled. One of those was this proclamation that we received from um, Belia. Um, help me. I'm sorry. Ramos? Yes. Um, just blank there for a moment. Um, on the Bracero Workers Appreciation, it was on October first. Um, the, the college received this at a at a um, a full day of kind of celebration of the Bracero um, background, and there were several folks who were responsible for that. Um, I'm not certainly not going to read this um, entire thing at all, it, but to tell you that um, the Bracero story is personal. It's very important in the valley. We have um, staff members and um, a, a couple esteemed vice presidents and, and board members who come from families and have worked um, diligently. And it, what was very clear to all of us at that ceremony was the incredible backbone of the Bracero movement 
and later the families who remained are are very responsible for the success of the valley, and that was remarkable. So um, I I just like to share this, and uh, and Bia couldn't be here tonight, but um, I will um, post this in a nice place for us to um, to look at. So there you are. Thank you, Dr. Kraft. Six point four veterans recognition. Yes, not to get lost in all of these recognitions is this wonderful opportunity to recognize our veterans. Um, we have um, a, a, a short and wonderful presentation for you, and Patty Morgan, Dean Patty Morgan, is going to head this out. And um, we have some very wonderful guests here tonight that also we want to um, walk through. Welcome, Patty. Thank you. Good evening. It's been about five years since we addressed the board and updated you on our veteran services. And it has been an amazing five years. Uh, so Napa Valley College has always proudly served its veterans, and even more so now. But first, um, I, what I'd like to do is recognize our veterans in the room. So if all of our veterans would please raise your hands. And if you could all join me in a round of applause, thanking them for their service. So this is kind of a then and now um, scenario. We talked in 2012 and uh, gave a brief overview of where we were at the time. And we were providing our veterans with educational benefit services, um, academic counseling services, and providing what resources were available in the county through the U.S. Um, uh, Veterans uh, Affairs and um, other local um, areas. We had a task force that came together back then, and that those task force members, and I'm going to call out their names because I really appreciate all of the hard work um, that they did on this, Ken Arnold, Matt Christensen, Oscar DeHaro, Ann Gross, Alano Hughes, Jose Hurtado, Maricel Ignacio, Linda Monger, Charlene Riley, Mary Shea, Cassidy Nolan, who was our student veteran, and myself, all got together and we talked about what more we could do for our veterans. And it was decided at the time as we needed a veteran center. We needed to be able to provide our veterans with more resources and a place of their own, somewhere where our veterans can get together and to work on their homework, to relax during classes, to get services in the center. And so we went looking. And in 2012, there wasn't a lot available, um, and there's still not a lot available uh, for space, um, but Ken actually was the one who found the space um, that is now our Veterans Resource Center. And back then, that was our little theater was being repurposed. We had the brand new pack, and, and we're moving things around, and we're, we're creating classrooms out of the little theater. And over in the corner near the restrooms is this ugly green dressing room. Now, it's a great space. But it was an ugly green dressing room. But Ken said, look beyond. Look what we could do with this. 
facilities came in, um, all of the administration came in, um, the entire campus got on board with this. Uh, by summer, we were in construction on the new Veterans Resource Center. The facilities guys, Matt Christensen, these guys went all out to put the Veterans Resource Center together. Once they got it put together, the veterans themselves came in with other volunteers on campus staff and decorated the Veterans Resource Center, put up the flags for the different branches of the service, and we purchased a new American flag for the Veterans Resource Center. And in October of 2013, fall 13, we had a grand opening. And it was an amazing day. Um, We had um, representatives from the assembly, uh, from Congressman Mike Thompson's office, um, community members, our student veterans, our board of trustees. Thank you all. Um, And we officially opened our Veterans Resource Center in the 1200 building in room 1233. So I said, talk a little bit, we offered veterans services before the Veterans Resource Center, but since the Veterans Resource Center, those services have bloomed. So in fall 2013, we connected with Concord Vet Center. And Concord Vet Center um, came out and they said, let us come help you. And they brought out a mobile unit. And we did an MOU with Concord Vet Center to have a um, readjustment counselor, Mike Ergo, come join us in the Veterans Resource Center once a week. And we did some workshops, which were very well received by our veterans. And our veterans um, student organization began to blossom. A Veterans Resource Center is an amazing thing because our veterans now had a place of their own. And they had a place where not only were they welcomed, but they were safe. And they had the camaraderie that they um, experienced in the military with each other. And that created this energy that has really continued um, since we opened the center in fall of 2013. In 2015, we were able to finally hire a dedicated veteran services specialist, and that's Lynette Cortez. And Lynette, since that time, has done amazing things um, with the Veterans Resource Center and has taken it even farther. So I would like to introduce to you Lynette Cortez, who is a veteran herself and our veteran services specialist. Hello, everyone, and thank you, Patty. Uh, As she said, I'm Lynette Cortez. I'm the veteran services specialist. I was hired in June of 2015. Uh, after using my GI Bill at another college um, and having been in the Air Force for four years. Um, So I've been here for a little over two years, and um, I would also like to take this moment to thank Linda Monger, who is my partner in crime and our veterans counselor. 
Uh, and she's been a great help in helping with follow VA regulations, which are ever-changing and convoluted. So uh, thank you very much, Linda. I appreciate it. Um, so first, I'd kind of like to do a quick uh, breakdown of out-processing for the military, very quick. Uh, so when you're getting out of the military, usually you have a couple weeks or a month. There's a, a checklist of about 50 things you need to do. And all you're doing is concentrating on getting that done while simultaneously doing your job. Um, and in this madness, there's about three days of actual, you sit down, and they call it death by PowerPoint. You just listen to PowerPoint after PowerPoint of what you need to know for getting out of the military. Um, so once you're actually out, usually this example that I use, um, it applies very well to me. I've told other veterans it usually applies to them as well. But it kind of feels like that part in Finding Nemo where there's the fish in the aquarium and their whole goal is to get out of the aquarium and get into the ocean. And they finally make it into the ocean and it's, well, now what? Where do we go from here? I mean, everything up to this point has been, let's do this one thing. And um, so that can be difficult, definitely that change. Uh, for me, it took me two years to walk on grass just because that was a big thing in the military. You don't walk on grass. It's been landscaped, you leave it alone. And two years later, I finally took that first step onto grass again. Um, I've also had or known other veterans, um, specifically one at my old college, who still can't drive on the right side of the road because that's where the IEDs are. Um, I've had, no had another veteran friend who I jo joined the military about one year after me. We were in junior ROTC together. And he couldn't take the change and committed suicide in 2014. Um, I don't tell you about him lightly. Uh, I just want to let you know that that's why we need to make the transition as easy as possible. Um, which is what Linda and I and all of our administration are here, uh, are here for. Is to try and make that as easy as possible. And um, so I do, again, appreciate all the help and support that I get. Um, so when I was first hired, um, that position hadn't exist, ex existed. Uh, it was a secondary position. Um, however, uh, in 2008, when the post-9-11 GI Bill was put into effect, um, we saw, I mean, from that point on, there's been about 300 veterans at our college um, and about 150 dependents, and that number has, has just increased to about that point, um, dependents that are using veterans' benefits. Um, so having that position as a secondary position, um, the focus that was needed for it couldn't really be applied to it. Uh, so once this was created, uh, I, I've been able to focus a lot more. We've opened up communications with community. Um, I go regularly to a Veterans Coalition meeting, which is a meeting with the heads of all other veterans departments. Uh, and we meet once a month and discuss basically what more we can do just for, for all veterans, not just veterans um, going to Napa College. Uh, we also go to the Veterans Summit, which is we're offering our services as a community, as a group, to a for a wide variety from healthcare care um, to us, to disability services. Um, and that's also monthly. Actually, it was just today. Um, we've also seen an increase in support from the community. Um, I, I receive checks once or twice a semester from... Veterans that just want to support our vet club or just uh, civilians that want to support our vet veterans club, um, which is always very much appreciated. 
Um, we've also had uh, a realtor come in and do a presentation on VA home loans, um, which was just out of the blue and something that she wanted to do to help. Uh, that was in 2016, and we look forward to uh, having her back one day. Um, student, the Student Veteran Health Program, which is associated with the VA, uh, they also come uh, about twice a year to uh, get ve- veterans enrolled in the VA Health Program and um, and answer any questions that they, they might have. Uh, we also have a very active veterans club. As Patty mentioned, um, Cassidy Nolan uh, is, was a veteran student here. Uh, he's recently moved on, uh, but he was a great help. He was actually veteran of the year for the 4th Assembly District. Um, he got that while he was here in 2016, um, and I'm sure he's going to go on and do great things. Um, and... Our Veterans Club has been averaging about $2,000 annually um, just from going out and supporting the community, and they take donations. Any donations that they get goes right back into the club. Um, it goes to improvements for our Veterans Center, to for our snack bar, so we can get more through that. Um, they've also participated in Cycle for Sight, um, at least five or more veterans, at least since at least 2008. Uh, so, and that is an annual project as well. Um, for our Veterans Center, we do have um, a single room there in which Linda and I um, and now uh, Jennifer rotate, and we're, we're in there when we can be. Um, however, we look forward to maybe uh, to maybe one year getting a Veterans Center where we can kind of be a true one-stop shop to make everything as streamlined as possible. Uh, so more centralized, somewhere that they can go and just go from one to the other. Um, rather than just me directing a student um, on, on what building they need to go to next. Um, and I mentioned Jennifer, um, and we do appreciate She's from the uh, uh, the VA, and she is uh, goes between the college and the pathway home. She is a, a psychologist. She's been a great help. Uh, she's also now uh, setting up shop either at testing and tutoring or down at the Veterans Center. And she's there for a variety of things. She helps um, veterans with either the health side of things uh, or she'll help um, just kind of with stress, anxiety, anything that a veteran will come. She will try to at least direct them to the appropriate um, to the appropriate person to talk with. And that's pretty much all I have. Um, right now I would like to introduce Christine Lober, who can talk more about the Pathway Home. Thank you, Lynette. Um, My name is Christine Lober. I am the executive director of the Pathway Home, and it is an absolute pleasure to be here tonight. Um, I am always excited when I get invited to uh, share my gratitude for partners, especially Napa Valley College. Um, The school has truly been amazing. Um, The Pathway Home, since 2008, has been caring for post-9-11 veterans who are transitioning back from deployment. Um, Back in 2008, we were doing that farther down the line when veterans are in crisis. We didn't understand the need to intervene earlier. We didn't understand, like Lynette said, this idea that we have to help at the beginning, help make that transition smooth, help them figure out things as simple as walking on grass. I love that example because it really highlights the challenges that our veterans face when they leave military service and try to just 
transition back without support into civilian life. The military does a great job getting people ready for combat, but not such a great job getting them ready uh, to step back into their families, back into civilian life, and back into the school setting. So the Pathway Home Now, we intervene earlier. We look for, for veterans who are looking to use their GI Bill. They're challenged with post-deployment symptoms. And we know that we can't do that alone, right? We cannot as a – sorry, this is giving me a little bit of a problem here. Um, we know that we can't do that. We're at the Veterans Home um, up in Yontville, and, and we don't want to do that in a silo. So we started to say, where are these individuals? Where are these veterans when they come back? And what we learned is they're going to community colleges, right? We have over 6,000 veterans ages 18 to 34 in, in local counties just here, um, Napa, Lake, Solano, Sonoma, and they're using their GI Bill, which sounds pretty simple, right? You get out of the military, you're going to use your GI Bill, you're going to get your life back, but it doesn't always go that smoothly. And so what we have with Napa Valley College is a continuum of care that allows us as a program to have a direct point of contact here at the college to be able to say, Lynette can be meeting with somebody and she may notice that they're having some difficulty, that maybe they're struggling a little bit more than they normally would. She can let Jennifer know. Jennifer Gonzalez is the VA psychologist that she referenced who's here as part of the Student um, Veteran Health Program. And if Jennifer meets with that individual and she says, you know what, this person is really struggling, they need more than just a little outpatient support, they need a residential program where they can get wraparound mental health services, they can get um, support from other peers, they can live in community with other veterans, she makes that referral to us. She's with us 20 hours a week, she's here 20 hours a week. Um, we know that veterans do, are doing best when they have the community of support that they need as a program, we don't want to just minimize symptoms. We're not saying like, oh, you have PTSD, let's look at your symptoms and then let's minimize that and then you're on your own. We're saying we understand that mental health issues are a part of your post-deployment challenges, but we are committed through partnership to helping these individuals navigate changes that many of us take for granted or we might not even think about so that they can succeed. Um, being able to talk to Lynette if I get an application and somebody, a veteran isn't in school yet, but they want to be in school. They're living, say a veteran had a veteran living in their car. They've been trying to go to school. They're struggling with PTSD. They don't know where to start. They call me. I can call Lynette. Lynette can be in touch with that individual to help them figure out how to um, how to enroll here at Napa Valley College. And then they are able to live with us and get the mental health support and the case management support that they need. Um, I, I can't emphasize enough this idea of a continuum of care um, at different touch points where we can together support a veteran. Um, I have a high level of confidence because I know your school, I know your team, I know Lynette, and and we can really make those referrals, um, the handoff, very smoothly. Anything unknown for a lot of the veterans that we're working with can be incredibly difficult. And so if we can 
say, you know, you can see Jennifer when she's in her office hours down at the college, and she can bring you over to see Lynette. Um, it, it runs incredibly smoothly. Um, there's a way, just in general, services for veterans can be really siloed. If we look at how the VA operates, if we look at how some of the other um, services that are available to veterans, how they operate, it's very siloed. They're left to navigate a system on their own, which is incredibly difficult. And so what we've been able to do here through the partnership with Napa Valley College is really to streamline that for the individual. We have individual therapy here if they need it. We have veterans' resources here if they need it. If they need something more intensive, they can come to see us and stay with us at the Pathway Home. Um, the partnership that we have with you folks, is it truly is special and helps us to be able to do what we do um, on a day-to-day level. And I love also just talking with Dr. Kraft or, or um, with the rest of, of the staff that we work with to, to strategize and think beyond just the day-to-day. But as we start thinking about, okay, they graduate from, from the Pathway Home, what next? How can we help accommodate them more here? How do we do affordable housing for veterans? How do we figure out some of these other um, other issues? And being able to problem solve and being able to think um, beyond just us at the Pathway Home, but knowing that we have partners that are equally as committed to the veterans we serve is really special. Um, I will say, too, on a, on a separate note, we were evacuated, um, and we when we were evacuated, the Pathway Home program, um, we came here. And um, the veterans that were evacuated uh, with me, uh, two of them actually take class here. Being evacuated was incredibly stressful, but being able to evacuate someplace that they already knew and were somewhat familiar with made a huge difference. Um, and, and just the welcoming attitude and everything you've already talked about in your response to the fires and your welcoming of... Um, evacuees was truly amazing as someone who experienced it myself and and the veterans as well. So thank you for all that you do for our veterans. We are we are proud to be a partner of yours and we are so grateful for all that you do on behalf of veterans and in support of the work at the Pathway Home. Thank you. And now I'd like to ask up Dorothy Salmon, who really, if you're in charge of veterans at all in Napa, you know who she is. She does a little bit of everything. It's great to be here with you guys. I love you all. This has been a remarkable partnership. And as we looked at, and I think Christine alluded to this, as we looked at next steps for the Pathway Home, um, because I know how terrific you guys are, I said we absolutely must put education in this program and career development. There's no way that we can ensure that these veterans and our veterans have always struggled, um, that they're going to be able to go on in their life in the 21st century without you. They need to be in a safe environment with, frankly, the best community college in California. So... It's been a real pleasure, and even though putting the MOUs together with the federal government in 2016, the year from hell, um, was not that much fun, but we did it. And so thank you so much. And Cassidy Nolan, by the way, is an honor student right now at Cal doing absolutely great So you have much to be proud of. Cassidy will be a rock star, absolutely a rock star. 
and as many of your veteran students are here. So it's been a pleasure. Go watch the film. Thank you for your service. It's not an easy film to watch, but you will get an absolutely real picture of what PTSD is and how difficult it is for our veterans to come back and reintegrate and become civilians. Uh, Lynette spoke a little bit about that, but it's a tough journey, and we're making that much better, and what we're doing with you is a model for not only California but the nation. I was speaking to Mike Thompson's veteran staff today, and they asked if I'd come back and speak on a panel to the uh, Congressional Caucus, the Veterans Caucus, about our program, and I said I would love to because it's really about connecting community colleges and workforce with these guys and gals as they get out of the military. We have to be there right away. We can't be there six years later. And what you'll see in the film is what happens when we aren't there early enough. So thank you very much. You're fabulous. This has been a great program. And again, you're the model for the state. So you guys are terrific. I think she's going to just do a wrap. And lastly, I would like to invite up Devin Porter, who is a student here at Napa Valley College. Good evening. Uh, yes, I'm a student here. I am also a veteran. I spent eight and a half years in the Navy active duty. I was in Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom. Uh, getting out of uh, active duty was tough. Um, had to lean on a lot of people. Uh, I can say that I am so proud of everybody involved with the veterans program here. It has helped me a lot. It's helped uh, my brothers and sisters a lot as well. Uh, there's a man I'd like to speak about who uh, used to be homeless. Uh, he was in the streets for uh, a few years, and now he's here. He has a place to stay. He's got food and water, and he's uh, working towards a degree. Uh, your people here are doing great things. Um, and uh, I'm here uh, trying to get my paramedic degree. I'm not enrolled yet. I just uh, got my EMT last uh, semester, and uh, now I'm a volunteer firefighter, which is soon. Um, but I have gotten a lot of support from everyone here, and uh, I'd like to say thank you very much. Yeah, keep it short. And Ken, you rock, dude. <laughs> so thank you. An invitation to the board and everybody here in the room to join us at Veterans Memorial Park on Saturday at 11 o'clock for the Veterans Ceremony. Um, Harry Catalago of Napa Valley College will be conducting his orchestra, and Ted Von Poli will be singing. So Napa Valley College will have a presence 11 o'clock on the 11th, Veterans Memorial Park, downtown. I hope to see all of you there. I'll be there. And thanks very much for giving us this time. Yeah, I, I just want to wrap this up thank you so much i have to i have to write down his name's oscar obviously for your leadership in this and and lynette linda patty christine and and dorothy thank you uh, your leadership you know on the board and we met what a year and a half ago started just talking about this con concept and here it is and it's 
I'm with you. We went to the, many of us went to the opening of the of the film. It's a very gripping film, very emotional, and really does e- express the need. And we are doing great work here. So, really, thank you so much. Okay. Well, in light of all of those celebrations, we probably should take a short break to allow all of you to uh, get some cake, which I understand. I can't see it, but I know it's back there on the table somewhere. So um, why don't we come back at uh, about 7.15, just grab some cake and move on. All right, let's see where you can do it, yeah.